You dig giant robots. I dig giant robots. We dig giant robots. Noise. Welcome to another episode of Robo Luchador, and as promised, it's Mech Month! What does that mean? Well, giant robots the whole month. Why? Well, two reasons. I love giant robots! And Pacific Rim Uprising, one of my, the sequel to one of my favorite movies, is coming out this month. So, why not? Right? Why not? Alright, but before I get into that, I have uh, two things I want to talk about. Uh, Their news over the past month, uh, one of them is a bit old, so I'm going to save that to the end. The other one is recent, like super recent, like the ninth. It happened. (sighs) And it breaks my heart to know that it's happening. Um... For those of you who are unaware of the toy collector market, um, Toys R Us has been both a boon and a bane to it. And last fall slash winter, Toys R Us filed Chapter 11 and closed better than half their stores. Well, on March 9th, it became aware that Toys R Us will now be closing every store. That's right. One of the biggest names in toys is gone. Going. I... I am numb to this. Like, it's not that I'm... Because... To tell the truth... They did this to themselves. Like, that was my feeling with... This, but... I never expected this. I expected the whole Kmart thing. Chapter 11, bounce back, go under, go under for a little while, bounce back, and rebuild. Remake their names for themselves. However, that's not what happened at all. Um, they are losing pretty much everything in this. And it's... Sad. It's extremely sad. Because, like, I grew up with Toys R Us. Like, I've always known one. It's where I... Like, if I... I was like, Daddy, take me to the store and get a toy. It was, Dad, let's go to Toys R Us and Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters and Power Rangers. and It's gone. Like, straight up gone. I... I love and hate that. Like, that's... How bad that is. Um, what does this mean? 
two things. Uh, one, the collectible market is about to get a lot more scarce. Sure, you've got stores like you've got web retailers that'll do a really good job of managing this, but they are not going to handle it. Um, I know NECA, McFarland, Bluefin, and Mezco were practically dependent on Toys R Us for a lot of their minor products. You will see toy lines die from the collector market. Um, you will see a heavier influxes of these smaller studios go to Kickstarter and Indiegogo for their to produce a line. Most of their sales will come from that, which means this. And for the big companies like Hasbro, Lego, Mattel, I want to say Bandai, but Bandai don't have a horse in this race anymore. And that's my next story here in a little bit. Um, you're going to see their their 9.99 shelf warmers become 19.99 shelf warmers. You're going to see less product and more price now in stuff like Walmart and Target, and that's and that's going to hurt them more too because Walmart and Target sells they sell toys at a loss. Sure, eventually they make a profit off their toys, but traditionally they sell at a loss, which is why Toys R Us couldn't compete. Toys R Us was not selling at a loss. Where Walmart and Target were. Um, yeah, that's... That's our first bit of news. Um... Moving on to the second bit of news. This happened in mid to early February. Uh, and it was the New York Toy Fair. The days preceding it, we got two pieces of huge news. The first day was that the master toy license for Power Rangers was leaving Bandai of America. This did not mean that the Sentai license was leaving Bandai. No, Toei is still holding Bandai to that because Bandai still pays for that show. Bandai was paying for Power Rangers in the past, too. It's rumored that the RPM series, the last of the Disney era, was completely paid for by Bandai Toys. Which may explain why the toys got really, really cheap after that. Um... The other issue was rumors that rumors immediately that day started that like Hasbro or someone else was picking up the toy license. The day before New York Toy Fair, Hasbro confirmed they had it. And then at New York Toy Fair, they revealed the next season, Power Rangers Beast Morphers, to be based on Go Busters. Um, for those of you who don't know what Go Busters is, it is a Sentai series that took place after that took place after Go Kiger, which was Super Mega Force. So it should have been before Dino Charge, but it wasn't. 
Um, Tokemon Sentai Go Busters. Um, what was his name? And it was... The reason it wasn't brought over was it was listed as a commercial failure in Japan. Uh, the show was praised. But... Never saw... Never... The show was praised, but initially never saw, like, a large commercial success. It didn't have a gimmick product, a collectible, like the Ranger Keys from the season before, or the Dino Chargers the season after. Or Zudenchi, for those of you who follow Sentai. Uh, what does this mean? Um... It means Bandai of America no longer has a dog in the fight for American toys. It means they are completely out of the running. Um, they don't have any major products. Uh, right now, their strongest line will be the Dragon Ball Super line, which can last for one more year. Uh, for the sole fact of Dragon Ball... Super Dub is a year behind the Super Sub, which ends this month. So, there's that. But what does this mean for the Power Ranger toy line for the show? Well, GoBusters designs feel more like a trans... They feel more like Transformers than uh, Megazord. So, that that might be in its benefit. And I also think that this series is... Excuse me. The series is a test to Hasbro, where they're literally giving. Like, I feel like. Excuse me again. Bandai and Toei are testing Hasbro to see if they can make the unprofitable Go Buster profitable in America. Like, and I'm hoping they can. Like, this was one of my favorite Sentai. No, this is my favorite Sentai season. So, I don't know. Um, I do have a minor wish list. I want a better Legacy line. I, I don't hate the American Legacy line, but I want a better one. Um, I want... I want... I want, I want Megazord action figures, which I think Hasbro can do really well. I would love to see like a Transformers crossover, like the Star Wars Transformers stuff, which is possible, but I think Saban might put their foot down on that one. Um, the two big things I want... Um, for the Legacy line, and I'm really big on this, I want Hyperforce. Um, I think it's called Hyperforce. Um, for those of you who don't know what this is, yes, it's Hyperforce. Um, Hyperforce is a sequel to Power Rangers Time Force that is serving as an anniversary season to, of sorts. It follows a team of Time Force recruits. Their zords are based on Greek mythology. Um... And they travel back in time and meet other characters. It has 
three alumni, one one in a reoccurring role, two in two as the main five uh, from Power Rangers. It has Peter Cesaro, who is um, I think I'm saying that right. I'm looking at it again. Peter sued. Sidarcio? He plays Preston in Ninja Steel. Um, and Paul Schreiner? Paul Schreiner, who is Bulk from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Samurai. And the recurring character is Time for Silver Joshi, who is Yoshi. So. Peter's brother, older brother Yoshi, who was the Dino Charge Blue Ranger, my favorite character from Dino Charge. I want figures of these six characters. I want the Megazord. Though, I don't want them to follow the design for that Megazord. I... It's a little rough as a mech design goes... Um, it works for, like, an animation standpoint. It doesn't work for anything else. So, I'd like to see them fix that. But it, um, I'd love to see their Megazord. Um. But, yeah. Uh, I want that. I want to see... I'd love to see the main Megazord line more reflectant of, like, the collect... The... The main Megazord toys the be more reflectant of, say, something like the the Bluefin Soul figure. Is it Soul of Chogankin or is it... God, I can't remember. I own it. It is literally a masterpiece Megazord. I would love to see them more akin to that in articulation and uh, playstyle, but I would be happy if they're just Bandai clones. Like, if they just take the model straight from Bandai... I, that would make me happy as well. Um, but that's enough for news. Right now, let's talk. Let's uh, let's get into the topic for this week. Mech, giant robots. It is probably one of my favorite lines because of just how versatile it is. There are fantasy mech series, there are science fiction mech series, there are space mech series, there are superhero mech series. The categories go on, but how do you identify them? Well, I'm going to give you some prime examples. Alright. Fantasy mech series. Here's an easy one. Visions of Escaflone. It also doubles into another one of the romance mech series, but... I have a hard time categorizing that one because there are so many mech shows that follow that. Robotech also falls into the romance series. Um, <laughs> uh, military, things like Gundam. Most Gundam seasons uh, fall under the military aspects, uh, specifically the original Universal Century stuff. Uh, Iron Blood Orphans falls into the military thing. And, um, yeah, those are military series. Uh, hero series, um, Voltron, um, 
Mazinger, Mazinger, <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to say that, which is the original Hero series. Uh, Super Sentai also falls into the Hero thing, but Super Sentai leans more towards the Hero than the Mech. Um, Aquarian also falls into the Hero category and the Love Story category. Um, if you're looking for like a sci-fi space adventure, the first season of Robotech slash Macross is a good one for that. Uh, also, Transformers is a good sci-fi one. Yes, Transformers is technically a mech show, and if you look at later Japanese series, you will see that that becomes more and more apparent, especially in Super God Master Force. Okay, um... Let me see, what else do we have mech genre-wise and examples? Okay, I can't think of too many more. Um, they, but mechs, it's like, like a, uh, the stuttering, but that is the prime examples of the mech genre. Um, let's talk Gundam, because I think Gundam needs to be talked since it is considered the grandfather of all mech series. Gundam set some rules that I don't like. Rules that are later abused and broken. And rules that Gundam itself, as a franchise, it can do better. Uh, the Gundam series tends to follow a concept of coming of age, with a young hero piloting the title Gundam mech, um, and dealing with war. And it's a war of ideals, but it is a literal war. Um, and the shows get really preachy and emo like super emo uh, one of the reasons I am not a Gundam Wing fan is because of its characters not its story or its mechs oh my god I love its mechs it is so hard for me to hate the, the I don't hate Gundam Wing I dislike Gundam Wing a lot it is so hard for me to dislike Gundam Wing because of its mechs Endless Waltz, as all I'm saying. The Wing Zero is amazing. Um, but um, they do a lot of that, and a lot of it's about it's this ideal, and there's this theme of coming of age and of child soldiers. However, most of them are terrible. I am so sick of Gundam series that are the the boo hoo hoo war is bad. Um, and the, like, they don't feel like they get to the point. Uh, one of the biggest problems with the Universal series is the whole new type argument, and I think that's why G Gundam is one of my favorites, because it ignores all of this. Uh, Gundam Seed is just a horrible retelling of the original Gundam storylines. Um, with the emo turn to 11, um... The best example of a modern Gundam series where they progress beyond their original form of storytelling is Iron Blood Orphans. It is great. The main character is stoic and silent and de plotting a harem. Like, he intentionally wants a harem. <laughs> he, he can't choose and he doesn't see why he should. But he is also well aware that he is a weapon, and he is okay with that. Like it, one of its biggest themes is the child war soldier thing, and it is 
horrifying to an extent, but impressive nonetheless. Like, Iron Blood is a series worth watching, and you should watch it if you're a Gundam fan. Another show we need to talk about that I'm saving for the end, because I can probably rage for the next ten minutes about it, which I'm going to do. I just looked at my timer. Is, uh... I don't know how this show got these accolades. I don't. It is praised. And I don't know why. Neon Genesis Evangelion can go fuck itself right in the ass. It is a horrible mech show. Both thematically, in storytelling, in all shape and forms. The main characters are garbage. Its only redeeming quality was it I thought it ended years ago. And then the movies came out and I tried to give them a shot. I watched the first one. And here's my problem. For movies that are supposed to change how that show ends and how that show progresses, how that story is told, the first movie changed nothing. It literally follows the first major plot arc of the story almost to a T. Now, I've been told in every version that the director... And don't get me wrong, I love the cinematography to this show. Uh, The animation is great. Um, But I've been told, time and time again, that the director has changed the endings multiple times. He did this with the anime, with the movie, End of Evangelion. He did it with the manga, because the manga ended almost ten years after the anime. And now he's doing it again with this tetralogy of movies. The fourth one, it's not even out yet, but apparently on its way. Had to take a break because he made a Godzilla film. And I didn't want to like that Godzilla film, but Shin Godzilla is pretty damn good. Except for, you know, the second act is 20 minutes of talking. Well, correction, 45 minutes of talking. Godzilla falls asleep and the movie does too. But it's not a bad movie. It took me a while. The monster design, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, back to Evangelion. Um, I have a lot of problems with it. Like, um, And like I said, that was just my story problems. My other problems is thematically, I don't consider it a mech anime. Because the Avas aren't mechs. They are lobotomized... Angel clones with pilots where their higher brain function should be. And this silence you're hearing is me being like, why is this considered a mech anime? It follows a lot of the tropes of a mech anime. Uh, And, okay, I'll pass it on that and I'll let it get, you know, but it's... It's, I don't get it. I don't see why people like it. The characters are terrible. The plot line is insane. The good guys don't win. Like, in the end of the original series, and I'm talking about the movie, 
Mankind is wiped out, except for Sinji and Asuna. And then when they realize it's just the two of them, Shinji tries to choke her to death. Yeah, that sentence just came out of my mouth as the ending of a series. They become Adam and Eve for a new generation, and I don't want to know what that generation's like. Uh, Lord. Yeah, I have problems with Ava, and I'm going to address them. I've watched the original anime and I hated it. I watched its Toonami run, the dub was bad. The movie was okay. I still hated it. And I only give the movie an okay because the animation was amazing. The fights were awesome. But it's still an Ava product. And I don't like it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and give the movies a new shot. But only after I challenge myself. I'm going to read the manga! That's right. I'm going to read the manga. Um, there are five volumes of the three-in-one editions of the manga, with the exception of the last volume is a two-in-one. I'm going to read it. I'm going to write a review on my Facebook. Um, and post it. And every and every time I finish it, I will move on. If I can get through this entire five-volume series and enjoy it, I will give the movies a purchase, because you can't watch them digitally yet. It looks as though Funimation's about to put them up, but I can't confirm that. I have no news stating that Funimation is adding Evangelion to its streaming library on Funimation now. So that's my goal. So I'm going to give Evangelion a second shot, but I'm not watching the original anime. I'm reading the manga, and I am going to... And if the manga can convince me that this is not a bad series with terrible characters and a bad story, then I'll give the movies a watch. Because some of the things I'm reading about the second and third movie seem pretty cool, but I have to... I can't get over Shinji. I think Shinji's a horrible main character. I can't get over the fact that Rei is a clone of his mother or his father's first love. It's creepy. And it scares me. It really does. Um, other than all of that, yeah. But let's digress. I decided I was going to end today's episode with a top five. And I have it here on my tablet. These are, in no particular order, five shows slash movies in the mech genre. What happened? That you should be watching. Come on. Come on. Load! No, I'm live and recording and you're making it horrible. Alright, here we go. I'm gonna leave all that in. Alright, my... Five mech shows. In no particular order. The... Voltron. Pick one. The new one on Netflix is pretty rad. Season... Four? On Netflix was a little dry, but it's half of season three, which hurts season three a lot in my opinion. 
Uh, I don't like some of the things they did. This recent season that just came out was pretty tight. I'm getting sick of these short seasons, though. Uh, it's just enough to, for me to be like, yeah, 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 what? <laughs> and that, um, Gurren Lagann. I love this mech series. It's crazy. It it subverts the genre more so than I've ever seen, and I love it for that. Um, Robotech. Uh, I know I should probably be telling you just to watch Macross, but I love Robotech because of that first season uh, that is Macross, the Macross saga, and the two following seasons because of how they stream three totally unrelated shows except for similar mech designs. Uh, Robotech's a lot of fun. Uh, Ming Mei, Ling, Ling Ming Mei is still worst girl, but Robotech's a lot of fun. Um, Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam 0080. Um, I like this. This is my favorite Gundam series. It was an OVA done. It takes place at the end of the uh, One Year War, the main Gundam series, and it tells a love story of a Xeon and a and a Earth Federation pilot who are enemies. And it's the saddest story because he's aware of it at the end and she still kills him in her Gundam. And it's... It breaks my heart, it really does, but it's still... It was such a beautiful show. It got away from all the new type stuff. Both our main... Our leads were adults. The mech fights were amazing, primarily in a city. Um... And it showed, like, how the war affected the colonists. Because a lot of the shows just fe- uh, focused on their main cast. A lot. Um, and my final one is Pacific Rim itself. Uh, mech movies have not been done right. Either the graphics are terrible, or it's rubber-suited and cheesy. Um, and this was... This was good when it came out. It had me really excited. It had a lot of great mech designs. Like, Chernobyl... 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 The Russian one. Chernobyl... Alpha. Um, It was designed to look like a nuclear vent. Like a nuclear... Like the big things in The Simpsons. The power plant. It was designed to look like one of those, intentionally. Uh, That's why I like it. There's a lot of really cool designs. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's all for this week. Uh, that's all for this episode. Uh, next episode will be post Pacific Rim Upsizing and we'll carry, will be pretty much a review of that movie. Um, and that will end mech month. I will see everyone there. Uh, thank you for watching and bye.